0: Hey, my name's Emma.
1: Hey, my name's Maddie.
0: And you're listening to The Pilots Pandemic. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.comslash wonder. Hey guys, before we get into this week's episode, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a safety advisory. This is a trigger warning. Some of the language or content used in this week's episode may be found as disturbing or harmful to one's self, AKA triggering. Be advised and please proceed with caution. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Pilots Pandemic. You already know it is Emma here with you and Maddie.
1: Hey guys.
0: And it has been a week, but we did get up to some pretty fun stuff this past weekend. I know Maddie, you went to Salt Lake City for a brief moment. Um, Tell us about your trip.
1: Yeah, I just, um, so I did this tradition. I started it in 2019 with uh, one of my friends that I used to work at the airport with who is now a flight attendant. And so we always go to Salt Lake City every year during Christmas. And it's because they, they have amazing Christmas lights and they have a lot of stuff to do. And then the shopping, of course, you got to get your Christmas presents. So, um, we did that. We did like a whirlwind tour of Salt Lake city in about 24 hours. And then I flew back home, but it was good, man. I had a great time.
0: And you, you went to school in Salt Lake city for like a little bit, right?
1: Yeah. I played basketball there. So, um, I know when everybody thinks of Salt Lake City, they think of Mormons. And, you know, that's what I think of too, because I used to be Mormon, which a lot of people don't know, um, but I don't practice anymore. So yeah, I went to school there, played basketball at Salt Lake Community College, and then I moved from Salt Lake City to Bellingham, um, where I currently reside.
0: Dang, girl. Well, shit. I wish I could say I was a student athlete. I've got nothing to say about my high school experience or my college experience because it's barely existing.
1: <laughs> but you, you know, your man's a student athlete, so close enough. Exactly,
0: and he's got that nice degree. So you know what I mean. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's educated, <laughs> um, but. As far as me, I didn't go anywhere special or do anything fun. I've been kind of getting over a cold and I know y'all will probably hear it throughout this episode because the more I talk, the hoarsier my voice is going to get. And I don't know how for the past two years I have avoided COVID, but yet I have a sinus infection. Like knock on wood, like I don't understand how I've done it, but here I am with a fat sinus infection. But yeah. And so before we get into this week's episode, I do just, I know Maddie, I like, I scripted you to give the trigger warning, but I think we should yeah. just give it twice because we are going to be discussing um, aviation news today, uh, some headlines that you probably have seen. So, Maddie, if you want to get into that.
1: Um, yeah. So. Was, do you remember when that was, Emma? Is that last? That time?
0: was I want to say last Thursday.
1: Yeah. So it feels like so recent, like it just happened yesterday. So everybody probably has heard if you're in the AV industry that a student at Embry Riddle had planned to do a Columbine-like shooting, which is obviously triggering. So we're gonna break that down today and kind of talk about um, both the good and the bad side of this. I mean, there's nothing good about it, but it is going to bring awareness to the mental health platform and that is good.
0: Yeah, guys, and this, this isn't going to be a new conversation for young Americans. I mean, but it is definitely going to be for young pilots and young aviators. Um, You know, this is probably a conversation that you've had multiple times over the past 10 years with your family, your friends at school, um, other students, but probably never really like this. Um, In 2021 alone, there have been 31 school shootings in the United States. Um, And today we're going to cover what might have been the 32nd if it weren't for some students that really just trusted their gut.
1: Yeah. So uh, I'm just going to read like an article excerpt on that to cover what happened. So it says 19 year old John Argus Higgins, a private pilot who attends Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University, was allegedly planning to carry out a mass school shooting on the last day of school before winter break. He was arrested Thursday outside of his apartment, and he is accused of attempted first degree homicide, terrorism, and making written threats to injure or kill according to authorities. Um, And like I said, like, excuse me many of the headlines said that he wanted to reenact Columbine and Columbine is actually a shooting that happened when I was a kid in school so I was about 11 years old when it happened and it was it was the first school shooting so it the headlines around that really pushed that they had played violent video games and that is why they they had that shooting there. Um, and, and for the background on that, that was two boys, Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris. They killed 15 students. It happened April 20th of 1999. And um, I think it's important because all of these school shootings have been happening. And I don't know if the narrative has ever really evolved around mental health and thinking about students' mental health. And that's kind of the thing that shocked me into thinking about that, because I've always thought, why are they so violent? And usually the talk is all aimed at guns and gun reform. So I really wanted to talk about that mental health aspect today.
0: Yeah, I think it's, I think it's interesting because the first time I really saw one of the biggest school shootings that I remember really like it recent for me and my childhood, not really my childhood, but my teenage years was, I think it was Parkland, Florida. I want to say that was the name of the town. Um, but it was a student that had come in and he had, he had killed a lot of, a lot of students at that high school. And that was really the first time that it was an equal conversation between, you know, gun rights and mental health. Um, and that was really only the first time. And, I feel like when we did discuss mental health in that way, there was a lot of anger um, behind it. People really wanted him to go to jail. um, And they didn't like that mental health was involved because they felt like he didn't receive the correct punishment. Um, But at the end of the day, we really don't know what happens inside the minds of people like this. And that's not an excuse to commit these acts, but it is an element that needs to be discussed more, like Maddie said. Um, And from what we have read, I believe that he was arrested on that last day before winter break. Um, An officer was quoted saying, today's finals, final exams. So this was all part of the plan because today the campus will be packed because everybody has to be there to take their final exams, end quote. (sighs) Like, the timing, the planning of this, this just really could have been a bloodbath and resulted in such a loss of life. Like the maliciousness of planning something like this right before winter break, knowing that there were that that, that the campus was going to be packed, it's just it it sends chills down my spine.
1: Yeah, it's like the premeditation um, aspect of that is very scary. And that's why I think about like what like you said, like what was going through this person's mind to want to, you know, take all these people down with him. Um, and just like all the the info and the background of like how much ammo had on him and the gun he had and him just being really shameless and sending it to students, even I'm like, what was yeah. he thinking?
0: Yeah.
1: So um did you want me to read that next quote? Yeah, definitely go for minute? it. Okay. So in the next kind of quote from this article that we read, it says, after the recent purchase of a collapsible 9 millimeter, Higgins posted a picture of the weapon on social media. He commented on his post saying, finished his school sh- shopping. Higgins does not have a criminal history, according to public records. However, a student told police that Higgins had been accused of sexual assault at an Emory Riddle party last year. Um, the brave students who reported Hagan's alleged plot were two of his Embry-Riddle classmates who had become alarmed after messages they said Hagan sent to a group chat. And this pair took this concern to campus security, thank God, and they informed the police. So I really want to commend those students, honestly. like They saved countless lives that I don't even think they realize how much is owed to them um, and that they were able to realize like the severity and the weight of what John was doing Um, that is amazing because I know in probably in past school shootings there have been those types of things that have happened and the students don't know what to do
0: Yeah. Or they're just too scared to do anything at all because they're afraid that the repercussions might be against them. Um, you know, I mean, let's not forget the current climate of our society right now where there isn't a lot of trust or faith in our police system. So for these kids to garner enough strength and enough courage to go to people and trust that they were going to take them seriously, it does take a lot of guts. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of guts. And yeah, it it is really, really something to commend, but I want to unpack this more because, you know, this to me is our clear warning signs, but are there any more? What is missing from this picture, Maddie? Because I think for you and me, like this is staring us right in the face why he might've done this.
1: Yeah, that was kind of the thing that I gathered from the articles like they were like, there was no warning signs, and I think we have to pay attention a little more. Um, A lot of times when we look at people with mental health issues or struggles, and we think about depression, we always think that people are going to look sad that they um, are going to be hermits that they wouldn't hurt people sometimes. And usually we think they'll they'll self-harm before they will go and hurt other people. But what I've realized just in following mental health pages and what they post is that a lot of the times mental health struggles come out in anger and lashing out. And for John, it really seemed like that allegation, that sexual assault allegation was one reason. And then he had an, um, an infraction and he was also failing at all of his classes at school, which is... If you go to Embry-Riddle, um, Emma, you've told me many times, that's a really expensive school to go to. So if you're failing your classes, like the cost of that just runs through my head because um, just thinking of myself, I was a straight A student in high school, went to San Diego State University my freshman year, was away from home, had nobody near me. And I was not doing well in school because college classes are way different from high school classes. And I I did tutoring and all that, but it, it definitely weighed on my mental health. I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, I am trying so hard and I'm still like not doing well in school. So I know. And, and I was thinking about the cost. I was like, my mom is paying thousands of dollars for me to go to school and I'm not performing. And so that's a big thing too, that I'm thinking about that was like a big sign. If you're failing your classes at a very expensive school, there's got to be some, some weight on your mental health.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just know myself, like there, you know, times of doubt when I was going through flight training where I felt like, oh my God, I'm, I'm just, I'm struggling with this and I'm really not getting it. Um, and I know throughout my private pri- private pilot training, when things got rough for me, the, the main thing that I thought about was the sacrifice that my mom had made to pay for my school. And that weighed on me significantly. And I know, you know, it, it, If you're not able to handle those emotions, they can really impact your mental health.
1: Yeah, that's how I feel too. It's just like, there are a lot of different points where they're like, there was was no warning signs, but there were warning signs. So my question is like, do we think that the school should pay more attention to their students' grades and like kind of step in and say, hey, is there a way for us to support you? Do you think that should be on the school or do you think that that should be on the student?
0: Honestly, I that's a really really hard question because I feel like for you and me we're a little bit more equipped to like we call self therapies, where we can recognize certain emotions and bounce back from it. But there are a lot of people who aren't raised to be able to do that and aren't given the resources to be able to do so. So I do feel like, um, the school does have responsibility to make sure that their students are in, in good fi- like not good faith, but in, in good, in a good mindset. I mean, <sighs> college is hard. High school is hard. None of this is easy. So I definitely think, um, you know, the school should be more involved.
1: Yeah. I'm just thinking like, because you pay so much money to go to an aviation school, especially Embry-Riddle, I feel like there should have been some sort of counseling, um, and just school counseling with your grades and your classes. Because I know when I went to San Diego state, um, that they did send out, a letter to my, my parents saying that I'm on a probationary period. So my parents knew that I was having a hard time. Um, and I have a good relationship with my parents. So it, for John, that may have not been, a, been the case. He may have been failing um, and his parents may, may have been very non-understanding with him and, and treated him differently. And he may have felt like I don't have anyone to support me in this. Um, And then also just add on that infraction that he had. We don't know what type of infraction that was um, on campus. And then the, uh, the allegation of sexual assault is also very heavy. Um, So I don't know. I don't think his mind was in the right place for sure.
0: And Maddie, you probably know this because you are a student athlete, but and I know this through my boyfriend, but student athletes are given a lot more resources than just your average student is given. And I feel like if there can be that kind of resource resource for student athletes, there needs to be a little bit of the same energy for regular students. Now, I understand that student athletes, y'all work your butt off. Um, And so it's completely understandable that student athletes get all these resources. But like you said, there definitely needs to be some kind of outlet for students, especially student pilots, because yeah, like you said, he was a private pilot. So all of this on top of each other creates for a just a shit storm. Like Leahy, like Leahy has always said, man, this, you're, you're on the shit rope and it's covered in shit. The tighter you hang on, the faster you're going to fall. Um, so this is one of those situations where I feel like he had gotten himself into such a pit and I don't really think he, I don't think, you know, he knew he had any other option. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it was that 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 is why or that that excuses these behaviors, but it does give a little bit of insight as to what he could have been thinking at the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, us talking about this, like you said, we're not excusing it, but we need to have the conversation because in, in big media, they're not gonna be like breaking these things down and most of us will pin him as like this evil person. But that further stigmatizes mental health and aviation by not talking about it, by just being like, oh, he shouldn't have been able to get these guns and we just need to have gun reform. Like, but then that totally negates like us figuring out mental health and aviation. So I think that that's why we're having this conversation because we don't want it to be stigmatized. We want it to be out in the open and also to mention that. These things are happening more and more on student campuses, I've noticed. And yeah. um, we've been talking about that, Emma, where we are like, the airlines are safe, even though pilots are having these mental health struggles. But what about the students? Nobody cares about the students.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was, you know, we, we did a piece about that. And that was one of the things that, um, you know, bothered me is that there's there are programs through certain airlines where pilots can go and seek confidential help like project women wingman with American airlines, but it completely, like you said, it excludes student pilots and you know, we're seeing this so often. It's like I said, in the beginning, like this is beyond just college it's high school. It's beyond aviation. It's happening everywhere all the time. My mom went black Friday shopping of course, after Thanksgiving and at South Point Mall in Raleigh, North Carolina, and literally was in lockdown for an hour because there was a shooting. She got shot at on Black Friday. Yeah. I don't even think I've told you that, Maddie, you but like, yeah, no. Yeah. So, cause the Thanksgiving was just so crazy, but yeah, this is like, this is happening everywhere and it is scary. And I don't, you know, when we talk about this, we involve um, gun rights a lot, like what you said, but we're not talking about mental health because it has to, to, to come to this point where you're able to commit such a malicious act, it has to be a break of mental health. I would hope to God that the only reason why somebody would commit such a foul act would be because of a break of mental health um, or a mental health issue. It's just, it's- this is really, really, it's just sad. It's sad.
1: Yeah. And, and to point that out too, it's just like, I've had a couple people message me about John because they knew him or had classes with him. Um, and there, I mean, he didn't sound like he was the best person, honestly, I'll say that, but yeah. it doesn't also, it doesn't like negate again, that he had mental health, struggles and he was having a crisis of his mental health. And, and that should be the point is like, we need to fix this, that the school shootings will keep happening if we don't put mental health at the forefront.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm wondering what made him, I guess, you know, I can't, I can't, it's, it's bad to assume in these situations, but we know that Consequences like this, like being accused of of SA, being accused of sexual assault, then having this traffic infection, all these things adding up can create chaos. You know, UND's first student suicide 10 years ago was over a traffic infection. The kid had a DUI, and that was the final straw. Um, And look what happened. You know what I mean?
1: It's like the culmination of these things are the red flags. Like those are the warning signs. There's a culmination of these things happening. And like you said, it's the straw that breaks the camel's back and they're either going to take themselves out or they're going to take other people down with them because their brain is not in the right mindset.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just a lot of self-destruction, envy, hatred, self-loathing. I Like this to me is... You know, we talk about suicide, but this is definitely an act of social committing social suicide. He knew in by doing this, if he would have been able to carry it out, um, you know, there never would have he never would have been able to come back from this. That would have been the end. The end for himself, the end for a lot of other people. Like it just would have been the end. Um, you know, and like we're talking about with the whole the whole pilot thing when it comes to this, you know. I have my whole entire life had to live kind of this this very prim and perfect life because I have never wanted to be in trouble because I never wanted to, (laughs) you know, threaten my future career in aviation. And, you know, fortunately I've made, I feel like wise choices. I've never gotten into trouble. I'm a good kid, but I can't imagine how it feels when, you know, something happens like this, like with the UND student 10 years ago, like when something like that happens, you make a mistake and then you're, you're watching your whole life crumble because of it. Um,
1: I think also Emma, like, because he had that allegation against him, that probably brought a lot of like, you know, like, students there to think that he was a bad person i mean i it doesn't look good when you have a sexual assault allegation towards you but i can also attest like i was not a good kid in high school i got suspended three times um and so that reputation followed me for a long time people just thought i was a bad kid even though i was a straight a student but really i just liked having fun and i got in trouble for drinking in high school i mean what high schooler doesn't drink so um i think in when i think back on the headspace that i was in when i was suspended and how my peers thought of me, it weighed on me. Um, and luckily, I was able to deal with that in my own way. I was a student athlete. So that helped me in many ways um, with the popularity of myself. And, and I was good at basketball, obviously, since I played in college. But I think if I wasn't in that space, if I didn't have a lot of friends, it would have been a different outcome for me in my mental health.
0: Yeah yeah but there was somebody you know a lot of people have been talking about this but somebody posted something on instagram that i thought had a decent amount of insight and i kind of just wanted to read a few parts of it um you know it says that he liked a multitude of things he liked his truck lift kits flying off-roading um It says that he never once seemed off. Uh, He never gave off a red flag um, and that not for a moment did this person think he had a screw loose. Um, The one thing that this person did know was he had an immense pride and joy in his truck, which he modified constantly, and he spent a lot of time and money on it. So we come to find out that he had sold this truck. Um, He sold this truck in order to buy the rifle and the ammo that he was arrested with. And this to me was, this stuck out, this stuck out big time for me. I'm, I'm in North Carolina, North Carolina right now. I grew up in North Carolina. um, And with North Carolina means that there's a lot of trucks and truck boys I know how much these little boys, like, love their trucks. So for him, you know, for this person to say that he was extremely passionate about that in the way that I'm getting from it, it is bizarre to me that he would sell the truck. Um, It's just, that stands out. It's a huge red flag. And from what I understand, and this is the most, this is one of the most bizarre parts of this whole story guys he bought this gun on facebook marketplace Mm. so in addition to facebook promoting sex trafficking and um (laughs) political violence like they're now your next trusted gun broker and all of this is being politically fueled um it's just like in today's political climate, I just don't understand. It's baffling to me that an 18-year-old can buy a collapsible pistol off of Facebook Marketplace.
1: Yeah, like- I just, that's insane to me too. Um, and him selling his truck, also another Big red flag because it seemed like from the things that we've read and and people's accounts, his friends' accounts, that his truck was like his life. So if you're gonna sell something that you love, like that's another look into his mental health. Like obviously, he was done. He was like, "This is it. I'm going out."
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! But Maddie, you want to read about like when they detained him um, yeah. and what they found?
1: So. The next part of the article says, when cops went to detain Higgins at his home in Daytona, they found the kel Sub-2000, I don't know if I'm saying that right, um, in his backpack, along with hundreds of rounds of ammunition, ammunition a rifle scope, six magazines, and and ear protection according to a news release by daytona beach police and the charging document filed in the case states that haggins was in possession of approximately 800 rounds his plan was he was going to leave his apartment he was heading over to volusia top gun to practice and then he was headed to embry brittle so um when he was detained he also made light of the school shooting that it was like a joke
0: I know I saw a few articles where he had made a joke about it, joking in reference to Columbine, and they were like, why would you even joke about this? Like, 800 rounds. 800 rounds. Like, 800...
1: yeah, you tell us all about that, Emma, because I know you have like the the gun background. You've worked in a gun shop before and all that. So, yeah, unpack that. So
0: yeah, I mean, I haven't talked about this a lot, guys, but like, I mean, growing up in the South, obviously, I grew up where guns were just kind of a normal part of life. Um, my dad was a flight deck, um, what's the, a flight deck, yeah, the flight deck officer for Homeland Security, and I mean, I was growing up, like, yeah, we, we had guns, we were around guns, but gun safety was extremely, extremely heavily emphasized on. Um, yeah, I grew up knowing that this is a weapon and it can, it can kill somebody in the wrong hands. And I I don't, I don't like when people say that it's not the gun that kills somebody. It's the person because ultimately it's the person behind the gun. Um, that's not an excuse, but, Being said, like Maddie said, i i worked at a i worked at a military training facility, which was also a um a civilian shooting range, and which was it was private private. But eight hundred rounds, like I said, it doesn't sit right with me. Ammo is not cheap, so to invest this amount of money into one round, nine mil, like why would you invest all this money into one round? It's just weird, and then. Like nobody's carrying around 800 rounds of nine millimeter. Like no one, not nobody goes to a shooting range with 800 rounds of nine mil. And if you did, I'd look at you like, are you good? Like, why are you? I mean, you're just pissing away money. Um, like I said, I'm saying this because I work civilian and military. And the, the biggest part about this is the feed system for this gun, AKA the clips, the magazines. When Maddie says magazines, we don't mean like paper magazines. Magazines are what hold the bullets and what feed the bullets into the gun for it to fire. So this gun, depending on the manufacturer of the magazine, it can hold anywhere from 10 to 33 bullets, depending on the size. Um, You know, he had six clips. Say those clips held 10 bullets. He walked in with all six full that's 60 bullets traveling around 1200 feet per second. Each one of those could have killed somebody's sister, brother, mother, father, or friend. A life is not replaceable. Your dumb fucking truck is like this kid wanted to end it all. Like even going in with the minimum amount that he could have brought with the magazines and with the gun, that's like at the minimum amount 60 if he out of 800 rounds um the stupidest part about all of this is he had 800 rounds and i don't really understand how he thought he was going to go in shoot and have the time to actually reload because i in that to me that's how i know that this person this person probably had no knowledge of firearms or whatsoever because all of this reeks of like just stupidity. And going back to how you can buy a gun off of Facebook marketplace. This is why gun rights is such a huge topic in the United States because the system is flawed. It is. I mean, for, like I said, I'm going to go back to it again for an 18 year old to buy a weapon that he planned on killing a bunch of kids with on Facebook marketplace. Like, hmm. Mm-mm-mm. like well, i'm, I'm not surprised facebook isn't that. more include included in this yeah and
1: it, i just thought of something just because you were like you worked at the gun range and so you interact with people and um like with facebook marketplace there's no human to human exchange there it's just like online so i was wondering like when you work at a gun range and you're you know, selling these guns to people you guys have training and kind of like awareness in like maybe someone's having like a mental health thing going on? Is that, would I be correct in saying that?
0: I, I've never like the, the facility that I worked at, we never sold firearms. We sold ammunition. Um, really what we offered was like, we had over a thousand acres. Like we had a mile long range, which is like, you don't get that on the East coast. So I never, I have, I don't have experience selling firearms, but I can say that if you were to walk into like a, a gun broker, like a gun store right now, there really isn't much for them to tell if you're having some kind of mental health problem. Um, You know, if you're, if you're buying a weapon online, like in certain States, it ranges state to state, but like, you have to be registered through um the police department and like through the state so there's a lot of processes that certain people have to go through to be able to legally carry firearms which are those are the people that i worked with were people who legally own these weapons but yeah. there's so many loopholes in the united states for people to buy black market weapons aka buying weapons and trading trading and selling weapons on services like facebook marketplace um, can be incredibly dangerous because you don't know who you're selling it to you don't know what their intent is and you've never talked to the person before really and I mean again when you go back to like it's kind of the same thing if you were to buy a gun off of the internet but if you're gonna buy a gun off of the internet you have to have done what is legally um like required of you to be able to buy the gun in the first place so. Cause I feel
1: like, I don't know how Florida is with the gun rules, but I Washington's obviously a lot more strict, but even in our County, they, when you apply to get a gun, it, your, the County here has to approve you to get it. So it takes like three weeks before you can get a gun. And I, I wonder if that waiting process, if he would have had to go through that.
0: Oh, like definitely. And
1: would have changed. I don't know. Like, that's the thing. We have all these questions that come up, like, what would have happened if he had to wait Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think that waiting period is critical. I know I don't really have the statistics on that, but I know that that waiting period in in different states has prevented a lot of impulse crime. Um, That is one of those things that I feel like should be mandatory because... It's like when, when COVID happened in California, so many people in, in Los Angeles in particular, so many people who said that they would never purchase a gun were purchasing firearms just Mm -hmm. because of everything that had been going on. People were scared. They didn't really know how to react. And that is an impulse reaction. You had lines wrapped around buildings to, to purchase firearms. And even though that's an impulse buy and it may not necessarily be directed towards something malicious it still is selling a firearm in the hands of somebody who has impulse behavior and you can't it's just not safe um it's just not safe. That's a good point
1: too. Like these people, they're, they're buying these things out of fear. And so there is like that emotional charge there. And so I think that waiting period allows them to cool down, to feel safer because they've made this purchase and to like not have that fear response there.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, And I wonder if this is going to, you know, Uh, start or create a conversation as far as gun rights I haven't really seen much about it and I'm really surprised we have it like I said and I know I sound like I'm just like a broken record but the fact that these kinds of transactions are taking place over Facebook marketplace is just really bizarre and this is like what I would call a worst case scenario of what a lot of people have been saying is messed up and fundamentally wrong and needs fixed in the United
1: States. Yeah, I just, it blows my mind that he was able to secure a weapon off of Facebook, like of all places that he could do that.
0: And and you know why? Because Facebook is just, it's, it's a, and I hate to like bring politics into this, but it's a right leaning platform. Um, Facebook wants to act like they do so much to, uh, help decrease the spread of misinformation, but they really don't. They promote violence, they promote I- misinformation. And the fact that something like this can take place just proves that to me even more.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm just like, they, that's something that could have been prevented. Like if Facebook, if that was not allowed on Facebook, he would have never been able to see or secure a weapon and he would have had to do it through other means.
0: Exactly. You can't even buy guns from Dick's anymore. You can't buy a gun at Dick's anymore. I'm pretty sure in some states they're not doing it at Walmart anymore. So why <laughs> So why Facebook Marketplace? You know, like it's just saw a market They that, wanted to feed. Yeah, why wasn't that flagged immediately? Immediately? Right.
1: I mean, you can barely say anything derogatory on Facebook without it being flagged like towards COVID. So like, that's why I'm so mind blown is like, you can buy a gun, but you can't say you can't spread misinformation about COVID.
0: Yeah. uh, It's it's just, it's ass backwards, but Guys, as we wrap this up today, I kind of just want to acknowledge again, the bravery of the two students who spoke out about this. Again, it takes an immense amount of courage. um, And those two saved the lives of so many students, guys. This, John was arrested the day that he planned to do this. Um, That kind of intervention is, that's, that's a miracle, that is literally a miracle. Um, and, you know, thank you to the Daytona Police Department for apprehending John before it was too late. So just a that lot was, of thanks.
1: The Yeah, that's like the big thing, too, that I think the police acted on it right away. And that's important, too, because I think in a lot of places sometimes they don't act right away and that's why these circumstances happen. Those kids were so brave to do that. I mean, I would have been scared to report it too because a lot of times there is that disconnect with the police, especially now and in this time, like we don't trust them. And I mean, growing up, I never really tested the police anyways, but I am grateful for the Daytona police, their action, those kids actions, like that is amazing that they did that. They felt brave enough to do that. Um, So, and then just like, the av world, like we're so grateful that didn't happen. Cause I really can't imagine how we would be feeling today. If it was the opposite outcome, if that shooting would have happened in aviation, that would have been a huge hitter to all of us.
0: You know, I, I I can't even, I don't even want to think about that situation because it just makes me sick. Um, I, this again, it like, it really does give me chills down my spine. I, you know, we're talking about mental health guys, but don't listen to this conversation today and think that just because we're all mental health woke, that we're going to excuse behavior like this, because that's, that's not true. Um, what this guy wanted to do is evil. It is an act of evil. Um, so don't get it twisted, but guys, we, we wanted to offer some resources for you, um, because we know that, Students that are on campus right now, which I know this took place right before winter break. So hopefully, you know, those students were able to go home and they feel a little bit more comfortable at home with their families. But again, we wanted to offer some counseling resources. So Embry Riddle Counseling Resource, you can contact them. Um, They have an Instagram page and that is at, and I'm just going to spell it out, E-R-A-U Counseling. And counseling is spelled C O U N S E L I N G. So if you didn't get it the first time, they have an Instagram page that is at E R A U counseling. Um, they also have a counseling center set up online, and it is a rather long link, but it is pretty much, you know, backslash Daytona Beach dot E-R-A-U dot E-D-U backslash about backslash counseling. Um, and all of this, guys, is going to be in the notes down below. On top of this, they have a phone number. Guys, the phone number is 386-226-6035. Again, that number is 386 226 Six zero three five. Another great on on campus resource at Embry Riddle is the Center of Faith and Spirituality. Um, the Center of Faith and Spirituality also deals with any mental health crisis, so that is another great resource for you guys. And their website is again it's the https dot dot backslash backslash Daytona Beach dot e r a u dot edu backslash campus space or that's a dash right what do you even call that maddie a hyphen a hyphen Uh, so backslash campus hyphen life backslash spiritual hyphen life backslash and (laughs) again we are going to post those links in the description because i uh, i don't know how you would get that the first time either um but Maddie if you want to talk about the SSP
1: um I f- I don't have it Emma in my notes sorry Oh you don't Oh no you're <laughs> fine you're in- fine <laughs> I printed my notes out before we added that this morning but um yeah this Oh no All you're this- fine
0: You're fine. So uh, Embry-Riddle has started pushing this app called MySSP. And in their words, they describe it as, quote, "Um, ERAU has partnered with MySSP to provide emergency and ongoing support to all Embry-Riddle students via 24-7 texting and phone. Students can access helpful resources and virtual and virtual counseling services in your preferred language and during and during evening oh evening and weekend hours <laughs> i thought it <laughs> said even um, yeah. during evening and weekne- weekend hours my ssp is available to our all E-R-A-U students from anywhere within the U.S. or internationally. So you guys know that, you know, beyond Daytona Beach, Embry-Riddle is a rather large school. So we're speaking to any of you Embry-Riddle students who are looking for some help. um, We recommend that you get their app called MySSP. I'm trying to think if there's anything else.
1: I don't think so, but I just want to mention you guys, like you're welcome to come into to me and Emma's d- DMs on the pod yeah. or on our personal pages. We're fine with that. We will send you to the resources if you're unable to find them. Um, we're here for you. And there are people on the Embry-Rail campus in Daytona that are like looking to do more for the mental as- aspect, mental health aspect in aviation. Um, and I'm in contact with them. So as resources become more available and we figure out more things we will provide those resources for you as well.
0: Yeah. So guys, like we're going to be posting them in the description. We'll have, as you guys know, like weekly, we post on the Pilots of Instagram. We'll do like a canvas slide and we'll include all of that in that canvas slide as well. Um, So, and again, like we have our personal pages. So, you know, the Fit Aviatrix and then me, M. Neon Icon. If you want to reach out to either of us or you want to reach out to the Pilots Pandemic page, I want to emphasize again, please do so. Um, if there's something that just isn't sitting right with you and you don't feel comfortable talking to anyone else but us, then come to us because we'd rather you come to us than keep harboring those feelings. So,
1: Yeah. Yeah, And always know like Emma and I will never post your stuff to anyone, share it with anyone. This is confidential between you and either Emma or I. So know that when you message us, we take it seriously and we will keep it confidential.
0: Yeah. Again, we, and we emphasize that a lot. I feel like with the podcast, any giveaway or anything that we've ever done, um, we lead with uh, being anonymous, um, because we understand how important that is for you guys. Um, so I hope that this, I I really hope that you guys take this the right way. You know, again, like we're not excusing John's behavior. This was not right, but it is worth having a mental health conversation about it. Um, and that is kind of what our platform is for. So yeah. Without further ado, we are going to wrap up with our uh, coffee winner of the week.
1: Okay, I'm going to read the review, and um, this person's handle is flysky98. Uh, He says, or she says, they say, uh, thank you for your efforts. Maddie and Emma are paving the way for much needed medical reform in the United States. This topic is something that needs to be brought to the spotlight. And they both are doing a great job of just that. Keep it up. So FlySky98, come into our DMs. Let us know if it's you, because I didn't get a screenshot of it. Um, And we will send you a free coffee, either uh, Starbucks or Dunkin' or whatever coffee you want. I will Venmo you the money.
0: Yep. So thank you again. What was the handle? Fly Free Fly, Sky.
1: Yeah. Fly Sky 98.
0: Thank you again, Fly Sky 98. You guys, um, reviews, ratings, subscribing, it really does help the show a lot. And um, we are still doing the coffee giveaway. So if you guys haven't seen us post about that where you didn't get it in previous episodes, basically what we're going to be doing is for. People who rate, review, or subscribe to the show, um, upon doing so, you can screenshot that and send it to the Pilot's Pandemic page. We'll enter you into a raffle, and then we'll draw randomly each week, and we'll announce the winner on the show, and like Maddie said, we're going to send you, well, Maddie will send you um, money to get a cup of coffee, so... Yep. I hope that clarifies the rules on that. I feel like people were a little bit confused. So you guys, again, you have to rate, review, or subscribe. Screenshot that. It will be entered into a drawing, a random drawing each week where we will draw, and then that person will receive a free cup of coffee.
1: Yes. Yes. And like Emma said, we'll keep it confidential unless you'd like us to say it, but since your hand, if you leave a review and your handles there, everyone can see that. So you can make like an anonymous name. So people can't, um, see who you are.
0: Yeah. Which I think is good with like this handle in particular. It seems like a lot of the handles that people use are not really like specifically identifying. So, um, anyways, guys, That is all for this week. And I just hope that with the holidays quickly approaching us, I know that this is kind of a hard time for a lot of people. I know Maddie and I have been struggling a little bit and it's just been, it's been rough when everything hits like this all at once, going back home for the holidays, whether your family is great or not. I know for people like me, you know, the holidays are always hard because I lost my dad. So there, this, the, This time of the year isn't always joyous for people, and I think it's important that we remember that um, and kind of have a little bit of sensitivity towards people during this season. So with, with all that being said, guys, just keep that blue side up and the brown side down.